You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode number three. Hey guys, this is part two of mental health or mental hell. And last time we were kind of developing this emotional checklist of sorts, um, being that we were writing down the ways that we typically feel or respond if we allow negativity to rule versus the way that we proactively want to feel and want to respond. Remember, we talked about leading ourselves into positive emotions. And the way we do that is we anticipate our emotions, we predetermine how we want to feel, and we choose how we want to respond. And our key verse was in Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So let's pick up today and learn how to better deal with our emotions, choose how we want to feel, choose how we want to respond, and have a more emotionally stable and healthy life. Now, we've talked about this checklist, this emotional checklist. Now, let's talk about some of the things that actually trigger those negative emotions. We call this emotional triggers. And remember, we're still focusing on that scripture that as a man thinks, so is he. Now, the triggers will actually reveal the true nature of our negative mindset. Again, a good old-fashioned crisis will reveal how you typically think. Now, before I, before I continue, I want to say don't feel bad when you freak out because sometimes freaking out is just the way we re- emotionally respond but we can actually decrease those moments of freaking out and panicking in in moments of crisis or even having an emotional meltdown privately just because we feel like people are thinking certain things and believing certain things and we've created these crisis situations in our mind when nothing is happening at all. We're overthinking it. So let's talk about these emotional triggers. So here's some common negative triggers. Let me just say these and you can kind of determine how you feel and maybe you have some different emotional triggers. These aren't all my emotional triggers, but they are common to many of us. Okay, so how do you feel when the phone rings? Now you think, well, I'm just picking up the phone, but some people I know when the phone rings, they go, who could that be? Their first thought is negative and it triggers fear. How about when someone knocks on your door? (laughs) In our case, we don't get a whole lot of traffic on our porch sometimes, and so when someone knocks on our door, we're like, who in the world could that be? But how do you feel when someone knocks on the door? Do you feel like it's the cops, or do you feel like it's the exterminator, or do you feel like it's the IRS, or do you feel like, what do you feel when someone knocks on your door? How about when your teenager calls you on the phone? That's a big one. Because as parents, until you have teenagers that are driving, you'll never know how it feels when a teenager calls you on the phone. You'll get there someday and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. How about if you get a text from your boss or even your elderly parents, if they can actually text you? (laughs) Uh, How about when you're on social media? How does that trigger 
negative thoughts. Boy, I tell you, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram can be such a cauldron of emotional negativity, political posts, and and even when people aren't on social media and you don't even see them posting on social media, sometimes people have come up with the worst case scenarios when it comes to social media posts. How about when you watch the news and you hear a bad report? What's your response? Is it, oh, our country's going to hell in a handbasket? Or is it, wow, that's something I need to pray about? I'm not going to tell you how I think because this isn't about how I think. All right, okay. Moving forward, when the alarm goes off on Mondays, what's your first thought? What's your first emotion? Is it, this is the day that the Lord has made as your feet hit the floor? Or is it, oh, not Mondays? How about when the power goes out? When the power goes out, it's like, oh man, negative. Now we can't do anything. Now we don't know how to, it's just like life stops when the power goes out. How about when you hear a loud noise or maybe something that affected you when you were a child, like fireworks or seeing clowns or, you know, traumatic experiences that as an adult, you still have those same emotional traumatic experiences. Hey, whatever those triggers are, you You've got to learn how to reverse the effect of those common triggers, whatever they are in your life. And rather than let things trigger your emotions, you need to create what I call advanced triggers or prompts. We're going to talk about those in a minute that dictate your emotional state and command how you should respond in a given situation. So triggers are reactive. When something triggers you, it's reactive. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? What's going to happen? Who said this? Why did they say this? Why do they feel this way? And it could be simple things, conversations in a meeting, a phone call, uh, somebody says something and it just triggers insecurity in you. Or you could create what I call prompts. That's a proactive way to get control of your emotions and responses. You know, the the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering, or in other words, self-control. Another scripture in Philippians says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I actually have the ability more than I believe that I do to control my responses and emotions and reverse them into something positive. Okay, now before we talk about these prompts that I've mentioned, we need to discuss emotional transitions. I call this mastering your transitions. And so we have to understand what emotional transitions are before we actually apply this thing I'm talking about called emotional prompts. You know, all throughout the day, we experience these multiple transitions from one activity to next to the next. So a transition is what happens in the spaces between the key moments in our day. And our lives are full of these moments. I wrote some of my transitions down. Uh, let's, I'll just read these. You probably have your own transitions, but my transitions are when, when the alarm goes off and my feet hit the floor, that's first transition, shutting the alarm off and the space between the time I turn my alarm off and put my feet on the floor. Then I have all kinds of transitions during my morning routine. I go into the bathroom, take a shower. What am I doing while I'm in the shower? That's a transition space. How am I using that moment to my good for that day? Then getting out of the shower, drying off, going and changing clothes, going through my whole morning routine. Then I'm in the morning commute. If I have meetings somewhere, if I have to drive somewhere, that whole time is space. How about when you get out of the car and walk across the parking lot? That's another transition. 
when you enter the office and you pull up to your desk, from the minute you enter your office to the time you sit at your desk, you're going to have some interactions with people. You're going to have some moments where you have conversations and greetings and you're walking and then you pull up to the desk. Then you're, you're preparing to return emails, check your emails, return your emails, and check and return your phone messages. Those are transitions. Even before, even when you're checking one message and you return that, and then just before the next transition or the next message, you have a small transition. Some of these transitions, of course, are larger than others. Some of them are tiny, but nevertheless, they're transitions. Then you have your meetings. You have your first meeting. How do you enter your first meeting? When you're walking down the hallway, you're getting ready to go into the door. How are you setting your intention? Are you setting your intention or are you just barging into the room and kind of taking things as they come? How about when you're dealing with work demands and stress during the day, like the, the demands of your job and the, the actual tasks that you're doing from one task to the next? Um, then there's, of course, more emails, texts, calls, and you have a lunch break. You're getting up from your desk or you're taking a moment and walking into the kitchen and you're preparing lunch and you're taking an emotional mental break. Um, how about the things that come unexpected, unexpected situations, awkward moments, conversations that you didn't expect? How are you coming out of those situations to go to that three o'clock meeting? You just had a head on with somebody in one room and now you're having to process everything, change your mentality, change your focus and perspective and enter into a meeting that has nothing to do with that awkward moment or that difficult conversation that you just had. How about when you're going into a work evaluation or coming out of the work evaluation? When you go into that work evaluation, are you excited and ready or are you nervous? How are you talking to yourself? How are you using that moment before you go in? Are you, are you saying out a prayer? Are you breathing out trust in God? Are you telling yourself that I'm the best there is and this is going to be a great work evaluation? Or are you going in thinking, I hope I don't mess up? Again, transitions. What do you do when you come out of that evaluation? Do you beat yourself up or do you tell yourself, I think I did a pretty good job? Um, how about your evening commute? Whew, that's a biggie because now you're preparing to take all your day's events and come to, to the house and greet your wife and kids or greet your friends or whatever it is you're going into. How about dinner time and family interaction? And then you have, of course, your night routine and your bedtime. So you can think of your own transitions, but how you process your specific and unique transitions from one moment to the next, pretty much going to determine how you'll respond and actually feel throughout your whole day, especially toward the end of the day. Now, again, I've stated this many, many times. We get to choose our responses and feelings. So we've got to make sure that we transition with intention so that we can summon energy and emotional intelligence. Because when you forfeit your intention or your planning or your forethought, and you just kind of take each part of your day as it comes, you're probably going to be prone to negativity, pessimism, pessimism, and a victim mentality. So you've got to be intentional all throughout the day. You've got you've to grab the reins of your day. That's why the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. In other words, you're not saying one long prayer all day long, but you're praying and you're speaking positive words and you're confessing faith and you're, you're speaking to yourself. You're talking to yourself and you're lifting up 
what God has said about you all through your day. You're taking time to breathe. You're taking time to think. You're walking into an office situation with intentionality, coming through the door like, man, this is going to be a great day. And no matter what happens in this meeting or phone call, God, you are for me. You're going to give me wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Take a deep breath. Walk in, smile, approach people with positivity, and you literally just change the entire atmosphere of your life because you're thinking on whatsoever things are true. You're thinking on whatsoever things are uh, noble. You're thinking on things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable. You're thinking praiseworthy and excellent about your life, and you're setting your intention before you walk into a room. So you got to get control of the reins and lead yourself well. You, this is how you intentionally harness optimism. I like to think of it as harnessing optimism so that as you transition into each new setting, you literally have control of yourself. You have control of your thoughts. You're not letting the negative opinions and ideas and stuff that you're imagining or concocting or manufacturing control you. I believe our stress levels will be a lot lower when we're more pro proactive than we are reactive. So we can let stress overcome us or we can be stepping over it all day long. Hey guys, we're going to take a half time here just to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, leave us a review. Um, you can give us as many stars as you like, but we want to know what you're thinking. And it also helps bring more awareness to this platform so we can share more content with people and help them discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. And then by all means, share it with one or two people that you know really need some of what we're talking about in this episode and in the episodes to come. So let's jump back in. We've got about 15 minutes left and I look forward to sharing some final thoughts and uh, getting back into this content. All right, now we're ready to start talking about the emotional prompts. And there's eight of them. And I don't want to belabor this or talk about this very long. But these are actually some, some practical ways that you can get control of your emotions during the day, during the transitions. This is how we master our transitions, by applying strong emotional prompts. You may have some of your own. These are things I've done my whole life. Some of these that I'm going to share with you are that I've picked up along the way recently that have begun to kind of even help me better process my emotional transitions. So instead of letting things trigger you, reactive, you need to learn how to initiate and respond in the transitionary moments. And, and that's the proactive part. Um, and I, I will tell you, that over the years, as I have used these prompts, I have gone from just existing throughout my day to having victorious days. This is how God wants us to live, guys. God wants us to live just a Monday victoriously. Live it, you know, you don't, you don't have to wait till Friday to have that weekend spirit. Don't let the weekend rule your life, man. I'm just living for the weekend. No, don't live for the weekend. Live for the Lord each day. Let the Lord make you the joy that he wants to bring to a world that needs to see who he is and all he is through your life. And, and, and if you can create prompts, 
It will help you to lay down negative emotions, pick up high energy, drop low energy, drop a bad attitude, not live with your disappointment and anger and regret and frustration and anger with people. You can learn how to master your transitions and have victorious days. Now, I did a few, I did a little bit of reading on high performance and extensive research shows that the highest performers take practical and proactive steps to choose their feelings and plan their responses. Nobody wants to be considered a low achiever. We all want to be high achievers. And so I'm telling you, even that through these prompts that I'm about to share with you, these prompts can actually increase the level of your everyday performance on the job as a brother, as a husband, as a leader, as a pastor, a preacher, an executive, a CEO. These types of behaviors can help you to actually perform better because when you think better, you perform better. As a man thinks, so is he. So let's talk about the first prompt. Number one, this is called the prayer prompt. And this is the prompt I, I most often use. I mean, come on, when you can't think of what to do, you can pray about it. And so sometimes when I'm getting out of my car, one of the things I'll do is I'll pray as I'm walking into the next meeting, especially if there's a critical meeting coming or an interview or a meeting that I took me a long time to set up, or even before I hit the phone and start dialing, you know, sometimes strong leaders and brave-hearted people will just jump into stuff thinking they've got it, like giving God the peace sign, I got this God, and I can do it by myself. No, I can do nothing without Him, nothing apart from Him. So I have to remind myself that He's with me and ask Him for what I want. Um, and and when I pray, when I when I take a moment... And I breathe out and I'm getting out of my car and I'm going into the next situation. It actually relaxes me. And when I relax my mind, I'm putting myself in a place where I can hear from God and have wisdom. I'm emptying my mind of self-thoughts, self-defeating thoughts, second-guessing, and self-doubting. It's like a quick reset. So, you know, and, and I've tried to do this even when I'm not anxious or overwhelmed. I try to do it in the moments when I'm just going, like, it's just another day. Nothing unexpected, so I think, is not going to happen. And so I'm just going, God, this day is yours. As I go into this meeting, as I go into this gathering, as I go into this connection, um, Lord, I just thank you that you're with me. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help me see the good things that are coming in this next part of my day. And we need to do this often. Um, because you give the Holy Spirit time to speak to you through these transitions. Um, and sometimes even after whispering a prayer of praise, I just remind myself that God is with me, that he has my back. Sometimes I'll just hear the Lord say, Tony, I got your back. And that's really the Lord speaking. I may be saying it to myself. I may be saying, God, I know you've got my back, but really that's the Lord saying to you, I've got your back. And, 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 and sometimes the Lord will actually say things like, it's going to turn out great. Just wait and see. See, positive expectation. Even as I just now said that, some of you thought, man, that's really what I want to hear the Lord say to me. Well, guess what? He can open up your mouth and say it to yourself because all you're doing is repeating what God has already promised you. And when you do that, you fill your mind with thoughts that will randomly come throughout the day because your cup will run over with good thoughts. And when I pray a prayer, Sometimes I could go into something anxiously or uncertain, but 
10 times out of 10 times, it fills me with the needed confidence for that next moment or activity. Another prompt I use is called the breathe prompt. Um, sometimes when I leave something negative or something stressful, I just have to, to leave the room. And as I'm walking into the next meeting, maybe it's a quick transition. Maybe I don't even have three minutes. Sometimes I'll step into the restroom, just take a deep breath. Sometimes I'll walk down the hall and just take a, a silent, deep breath without making everybody else aware of it. And just breathe out and say, Lord, I thank you that you're with me. And breathing is powerful because the enemy wants to suffocate you. Have you ever noticed when you're anxious or stressed out or emotionally overcome, your breath gets shorter and it kind of feels like you can't catch a breath. So you have to take your physical body and stop and take a deep breath. Even close your eyes if you have to. Relax your shoulders. Just take a few slow, deep breaths. You know, do whatever you have to do to get into a place where you don't lose breath because breathing releases tension. And especially coming out of an awkward or negative situation, what you have to do is you have to breathe and you have to say, Lord, I'm not going to deal with this right now because I know you'll give me wisdom later on. Very obsessive, compulsive people, personalities will try to make every phone call and try to work everything out and try to solve every problem before they go into the next meeting. Sometimes you just have to dismiss it, take a deep breath and say, Lord, I trust you to work this situation out. I know it's under your control. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Relax, take a deep breath, pray a prayer, leave that moment, leave that phone call, leave that awkward, stressful encounter, that all-consuming task and ask the Lord to give you grace to deal with it later because it's going to be waiting for you probably later on, but when you get there, God will give you grace. I say it like this, God will give you grace when you get there, all right? So just don't worry about it in the moment. Prepare yourself during the transition. There's another powerful prompt I use called the post-it prompt. Now, over the years, I've put little scriptures up on a post-it note and tacked it on my mirror or my computer or my phone. And I'll usually put a positive message on it, an inspiring quote or a specific scripture. Um, and, and what it does is it reminds me to stay positive and trust God. Now, obviously you can't use post-it notes all the time all over everything. Maybe you can use modern technology to set yourself a reminder, like maybe create a reminder in your phone to go off at 3.15. And instead of it being the four o'clock reminder for the meeting, set yourself a, an alarm to go off at 3.45 that tells you, hey, take a moment, pray, trust the Lord, it's going to be okay. And put that in the memo on your phone when it goes off. You'll see it to remind you. And maybe you forgot what you scheduled. That's, what, that's what's powerful about this post-it or, or this technology prompt is that you may forget as the day goes along to do what's necessary to prepare for a certain meeting. So instead of reminding yourself for the meeting, remind yourself and set yourself up before you go into the meeting. And it may actually come as a pleasant reminder. Hey, God's with you. He's going to take care of this. God's got you. So I call that the post-it prompt. And it's very simple, but just that visual of that scripture or that thought or that that positive reinforcement or that inspiring quote can actually help you as you make that transition. Now, another powerful prompt I uh, use is called the door prompt. And I literally sometimes will walk through a door 
and see that frame of that door as the moment I transition or transform from what I was in to what I'm going into. And it's a quick, but I visualize myself. As soon as I walk through the door, it kind of pulls all the negativity and the stress that I just experienced in that meeting or whatever it was that will not help me be focused and intentional in the next place. So I walk through the door and I hear the Lord say, Tony, I got your back. Go on in there. It's good. I'm setting you up for success. And I will tell myself and I will say to myself, I will find the good in this room. I'm going to be a contributor both in my presence, my attitude and my creativity. I'm going to focus on the strengths of the people that are in this room and I'm going to express my affirmation to them. And I, and, I, and I refuse to internalize what I'm feeling or believe everything I think. I'm not going to assume that my emotions are a certainties. I'm going to give grace to everyone at this table or this room. So the door frame, immediate transition, you become somebody else that's necessary for what is needed in the next moment of your day. It's called the door prompt. Another prompt I use is the touch prompt. You know, people aren't robots. Everybody needs connection. So when I approach people, I try to give some form of appropriate physical touch, friendly hug, a firm handshake, a fist bump, a pat on the back, a side hug, a high five, a slap on the shoulder, whatever it might be. Um, And some I know uh, have created like this fun and unique handshake to express their special relationship. But you know, the bottom line is that touch It just helps us immediately foster warmth and facilitate joy and create community and break the ice. You know, now I will say a disclaimer here, you got to be sure to properly assess your environment. Um, Certain situations obviously call for professional behavior, but the touch prompt is a good way to make a transition. It's like in my, in my ministry, sometimes if a brother, I can sense tension in him or, or a coworker, and typically for guys, this is more typical for guys, guy to guy, I'll just give them a great big bear hug and I'll hold on for just a little bit just to let them know, you know what, man, we're still cool. I still love you. Things are good, you know, and I'm not going to let you fall out with me. See, those little transitions can kind of pick up and elevate the tension in the room. I know guys that have done that to me before in kind of a tensious moment because, you know, guys get kind of tense when they work together. It's like playing ball on the court. They get competitive. They get opinionated and they want to take their ball and go home. But guess what? If you're in a really healthy work environment and a team environment, you'll be committed to each other to not let each other pull apart. And so sometimes just some good old brotherly man hugs can really make the difference. Um, Another prompt I use is called the gift prompt. And the gift prompt is accessed through gratitude. Gratitude is that lens, we talked about it earlier, which we see most clearly. So with anything good or possible, positive or pleasurable happens throughout my day, I, I usually embrace it as a gift from God. And then, exp- and then respond with an expression of thanks. Thanks, Lord. Wow, that was awesome. Thanks for showing that to me. Thanks for creative ideas in this meeting. Thank you, Lord, for the people I work with. Again, being grateful. And when you, when you don't know how to find the gift, go back to the first prompt, prompt and, and breathe a sigh of satisfaction and gratefulness in prayer. Even if you don't feel thank, thankful, again, you're not letting your feelings run you. You may not feel thankful, but you can be thankful nevertheless by the words and the responses. And you will notice more gifts throughout the day that God gives you when you are grateful. Remember I said the best way to live your life is to picture your life through that golden frame of gratitude. 
another prompt is the visual prompt. Visual prompts are a great way to help us cope with momentary stress or negative emotions. I'm a public speaker and, you know, it's a significant part of my profession and ministry. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it can be anxiety inducing. Um, you know, when you're standing in front of a crowd, um, it can draw up all kinds of insecurity. I'm not prepared. I'm, they're not going to like what I have to say. What if they don't accept me? What if they don't accept my content? What if they don't believe me? What if they resist me? What if they're just not going to receive me? And so sometimes I'll just briefly imagine everyone wearing Hawaiian shirts. It's just a visual prompt that reminds me that, hey, these people deal with the same issues that I do. I don't have anything to prove here. So I can address them without trying to prove anything because they're here to hear from me. They're excited to hear from me and I have what they need. Boom. Come on, man. That's the way to approach your situations. Do those transitions. Grab a hold of the gravity of fear and elevate yourself. And then the last prompt, I have a few more, but these are the top eight. The last prompt is, prompt is called the friend prompt. You know, some circumstances call for outside support. Um, sometimes I don't feel I have the emotional capacity to cope with certain situations. Um, and you know, it could be dependent on several factors and perhaps I didn't get enough sleep the night before, or maybe I'm sick and under the Weber weather, or maybe the situation is just too overwhelming to handle alone. So that's when I've usually reached out to a friend via text or a phone call, or even personally reach out to him close by, step into the office, step into the room. Hey man, can you come pray with me for a minute? I'm kind of struggling here. I can't seem to get my grounding. I'm a little anxious. I'm a little overwhelmed and I just need some encouragement. Be honest with people. That's, that's why you've got friends in your life. Don't trust everybody with your inner emotional struggles, but reach out because sometimes all it takes is a friendly voice to help you make that shift and that transition. Okay, so as we end this podcast today, I want to lead you in a confession over your emotions. Wherever you are, I want you just to take a moment, pause, let me pray this over you, and I want you to be in agreement with me as I speak it over your life. Um, I believe that when two or three gather together and agree on any one thing, it shall be done for them. So I'm going to pray this over you, and then we're going to close. Jesus, I thank you that I have your mind. I think like you and see like you. I have your perspective. I am as stable as you are in my emotions because as you are, so am I in this world. By your grace, I am an initiator of joy, excitement, enthusiasm, passion, and peace. I am capable of diffusing negativity, stress, fear, and anxiety in any environment. I will not fall prey to a victim mentality. I will not allow my emotions to be certainties. I am emotionally intelligent. I am mentally on top of things. I will not internalize everything I feel, and I will not believe everything I think. I will awaken with a fresh determination to your victory. I am grounded, focused, determined, hopeful, and encouraged. I am not disappointed. I am appointed. I will grow in my ability to anticipate my emotions and determine how I want to feel and respond. I have a sound mind. I am in control of my emotions because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. I have a strong and assertive self-control. I will not freak out. I refuse to panic. 
I will lead myself well into positive emotions and lead others in the same way. Amen. Hey guys, so that wraps up our mental health part one and part two. We hope it has just given you a lot to hold on to, to grasp on to, to kind of get you through these tough seasons and any challenging season that you might face on the road ahead, and you will, but we want to encourage you. Please share this with a couple people you know that need to hear this. Subscribe, leave a review, and share it, and we're looking forward to our next episode. Can't wait to share it with you, and until then, we'll see you. Oh, 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 oh